1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. JBD and Big Newt coming at you right now. Thank you so much for rejoining us. I'm really happy to have you. I know the big man on the other side of the table here is happy to have you too. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. Big Newton, we've been doing this for almost a year now. It's coming up on our one year anniversary. And thanks to everybody who has been loyally listening to us. But thank you for being around all this time, buddy. We're getting there. I don't know what that
0: says about the people who listen to us. They must be really bored, I guess, huh?
1: Stop it. <laughs> They're geniuses.
0: I'm just playing, man. We appreciate every one of our listeners. I love reaching out, uh, talking to different people every week, man, and giving our perspective, man. So it's truly a blessing, man. This past year, even though we didn't had a worldwide pandemic, hey, man, this has been really the bright spot, man. And it also helps when your team is
1: is a good team. That did make a big difference this past year for sure, Uh, but here we are. Training camp rages on. We're in the dog days of summer, and we're going to talk about the Bills' first preseason game as it comes up. We're going to talk about the Josh Allen contract, and man, it was a big week because not only did those happen, but we had two Hall of Fame classes get inducted, and there's some serious talent that ended up in the Hall of Fame this time around, but Man, when I mentioned the dog days of summer, whew, it's hot, man. It is really freaking hot here in the Mid-Atlantic.
0: Hey, man, the big fella, man, I'm sweating profusely, man. It's You couldn't say it better, man. The dog days of summer, man, and I got to stand out there, Jalen's starting football practice, and I'm out there, and it's 90 degrees, and I'm just, everybody's sweating through their shirts, man. And It's just like, oh, my God, and it just reminds you of, my old house back in st louis missouri dude my friends <laughs> called it the hot box right yeah. it's 800 square feet and we had you had those uh air conditioning units that you put in the window sure oh yeah see i didn't we didn't get central air until i left for college uh-huh. you know so we had the central air unit man and you'll just stand in front of it man and My boys used to just talk about how hot it used to be up in my house, man, so we very rarely
1: (laughs) hung out in the Newton household growing up. Uh, St. Louis is brutally hot, too, and humid. That's the other thing people don't realize. The Midwest is humid. Right. I, living here in Washington, D.C., have for two weeks now had broken central air conditioning, and the next two days are expected to top 97 degrees, and the humidity here in the Mid-Atlantic brutal and we can't get this damn thing fixed it's supposedly under warranty and they are taking us through all kinds of, of hoops in order to get this done I'm dying yeah. dude I'm dying
0: yeah and I imagine everybody just got an attitude man because I tell you when I any I get an attitude when my thermos because with central air in our house if you don't move then the air kind of shuts off you yeah. know I think it's kind of motion sensor. So if everybody's just sitting around and not moving, then it goes up to like 73, 74 degrees. And at that point, I'm sweating. And I'm like, what the hey?" And I'm like, drop that thing down to 68, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: I don't like it, man. I don't like anything above. We talked about this going back home in the boom, boom room, raised boom, boom room. Anything over 73, the big man's not
1: happy. <laughs> so... Last week, I went to New York City, and I, I didn't mention this last week, but it was it was the weekend before our previous show, and it was unseasonably cool for August in New York. New York City can be absolutely brutal when it, it gets really hot during the summer, and it does that the whole city starts smelling like garbage and the, uh, <laughs> the streets and the buildings just radiate heat back at you. It's awful. But it was dropping to like the low 60s at night. And even though I looked at the forecast, it didn't really register what 60 degrees feels like after you've gotten used to temperatures in the 90s. We were actually kind of chilly. But that isn't the part of the trip I want to tell you about. What I want to tell you about is the trip home. So we took the Amtrak up and back. And it's about a four, four and a half hour, uh, four, four and a half hour trip. And taking a train is not like taking a plane. You have far more run of the train station than you do an airport. So you can literally walk onto a train, even if you don't have a ticket. They don't even ask for tickets until the train is already moving. So if you want to like kiss somebody goodbye, you can get on the train with them, kiss them goodbye, hop off. There's just not the security standards. So when Mm -hmm. we returned back to DC, we're getting off the train and there's somebody standing there and they've got something in their hand. It's like a, I can't tell what it is. It's clear, but I can tell there's something in it and they're holding it out away from them. And as I'm getting closer to the exit, I'm, I'm looking more closely and I realize there's holes in the top and oh my god that looks like an animal in there in water what what is going on here and finally i step out it is a person with this very small plastic aquarium that's about the size of a shoebox maybe a little bit bigger and there's a turtle in there a very large turtle at that and of course i have to ask what are you doing standing outside of a train a disembarking train with a turtle and the person goes oh well i'm here for the reuniting of the turtle to its owner i'm like what and he's like oh yeah oh here he is now and he holds the turtle above his head and the (laughs) dude who gets off the train goes ah Simon is here (laughs) and like starts hugging the damn aquarium and I turn to my wife I go did you just see this she goes we just spent five days in New York City where there is no limit to the things you see here the people that you deal with this this is the best damn thing that we have seen the entire trip it's this person hugging a turtle hey
0: man Hey, I don't mess with people and they pets, man. God bless them, man. Shoot. You would have thought you thought it was a person, huh?
1: Yeah, can't you get like salmonella and stuff from turtles? I hear you're not supposed to keep them as pets. Like, what the hell is that? About? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. <laughs> Whew, boy, that is all. Awesome. Uh, I just got myself all wound up. <laughs> I
0: know, right? Don't get don't get wound up yet, man. Save some uh, of the angst for the rest of the show, man. That's awesome.
1: Okay. So we we really have to talk uh, about a couple of things. And I I think I, I would like to start with the Hall of Fame inductions, because it's rare that you see a collection of talent like this going in all at once, especially, you know, they've got they've got the two years worth of classes going in. Did you watch any of the ceremonies catch any of that? Oh, yeah. You know I did, man. You know, obviously, once again, kids got activities.
0: But after we got home, we watched the recaps. And um, like you said, this year was unique because of COVID last year. Uh, the players didn't get inducted um, from last year. So, the 2020 and 2021 classes got inducted this year. So, people like Peyton Manning, um, he gives them one of the streets. Peyton Manning I- – Peyton Manning is a person who, and I, I feel like I talked about this last year when we first started the show. I met him at the Pro Bowl, and and just talking to him, man, <laughs> you would never, you would never think you're talking to Peyton Manning. Now, Granny, when I when I met him at the Pro Bowl, he wasn't obviously the Peyton Manning he is now, but he was still a Pro Bowler, and it's just you sit and talk to him, um, and you, how you see him on TV and how he acts, like. Not I'm gonna say goofball like he's like disrespectfully, but he is entertainingly funny. Like he's hilarious, dude. And it's not just him, it's his brothers and like in the commercials they did for ESPN. Like he's hilarious. He's fascinating to talk to. I I
1: can see him being absolutely a a riot. Yeah. He just, he just seems like it. He seems like he's got comedic timing. Anybody who would do that SNL skit where he's pelting kids in the face with the football. Right. It's really (laughs) funny. Exactly, man. Like he is, he's
0: great, man. And, um, just to hear his speech and how he talked about Tom Brady, talking about he ain't gonna get inducted to like twenty forty or something like that because he's gonna play. <laughs> he's like sixty years old. I think that was hilarious, man. I enjoyed his speech. Um, uh, Steve Atwater, who's from North County St. Louis, he played against my brother. He went to uh, Luther North High School and uh, had a great career. For him to get in, he's one of the best safeties to play the game. Uh, um, um, Arguably one of the hardest hitting safeties ever to play. Oh yeah! So to see him and I had a chance to meet him once again at the Pro Bowl tour, and I think I'm gonna post these pictures on Twitter after we get oh, off. You need to. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a good guy, man. And and um, probably the uh, the one that hit home the most was Jimmy Johnson's speech. I don't know if you got a chance to ch- uh, listen to it, but if tell not, me about you, it. He, he talked about all the time that he sacrificed away from his family. They showed his two sons and his lovely wife, and he said that he was gone so much. He's like, my kids play football, and I've never been to any of their games. Wow. And I was just sitting there looking like, I can't even imagine that. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude...
1: That sounds like a, a tragic story, to be honest. Yes. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, but think about it, though. Think about... In real life, how many people sacrifice kids' activities and you sacrifice – like people get divorced because they're into their job so much. And Mm -hmm. that's what coaching is. Coaching, man, and for you to be at his level, like obsessed about it, he probably was – he was probably sleeping in his office. He probably was very rarely going home, you know. But – and my wife and I talked about this. It's like for him, I feel like it's worth it, you know, like, you're one of the greatest coaches of all time. You won Super Bowl and college football player uh, championships. Like, okay, you sacrificed your family for that, but if you're just working a regular job and you don't get it, like, I just feel like you gotta have more of a balance. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, but I thought that really hit home, man, because I, like I said, I couldn't imagine, because one of the my joys in life is going to my kids' activities. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I value most. That's all.
1: The it really tells you something about his values, but also how he was single track minded right. in what he did. And, you know, that's what it takes to to get on their level. Not exactly. everybody makes the Hall of Fame and whatever it is that they do. And we know that Peyton Manning was absolutely obsessive uh, about the game of football. Right. Um, now, one of the interesting things is the 2020 class had a, a number of players from the 15th centennial state. And these are old timers that a lot of us didn't get to see play. Um, Mm -hmm. You you had guys that are, you know, going back to the the 20s and 30s that that played. And uh, along with people like uh, George Young, Paul Tagliabue, uh, people that I'm more familiar with. Alex Karras, I really only know from the show Webster. Um, (laughs) But One player, one non-player who I really thought deserve to get inducted with Steve Sable. Steve Sable from NFL Films NFL doing Films. what they did back when the NFL was a fledgling league and didn't really have a following turning games and players into gladiators and people that you rooted for and kind of creating a mystique about the league. is something that you really can't underestimate. And now you look at the NFL as the most valuable sports league in North America at this point. And he had a big part, he and his father had a big part in it getting there. Mm -hmm. NFL films, I I remember when I discovered the NFL films Super Bowl pieces that they would play, usually the morning of the Super Bowl on ESPN, back before ESPN had 24-7 programming. That was one of my favorite days of the year to just watch all of those. But the thing that I really wanted to that I really wanted to touch on regarding this is the 2021 class. I mean, there was just utter domination that came from the people in in the 2021 class. Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, Kelvin oh. Johnson, Alan Fanica. There were never players like these before or after them. Alan Fanica was just an unbelievable player for 12 years, a mauling guard. But Calvin Johnson and Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, we have not seen athletes like Charles Woodson and Calvin Johnson possibly ever before in the NFL. It is not a surprise that they made it to the Hall of Fame because all they really needed to do was focus themselves in order to get there because the the God-given gifts that they had it's it's just unmatchable.
0: I totally agree, man. And it, and it for a uh, almost 50-year-old man, it's like now I'm seeing guys who were in college when I was in college and like after I graduated. That's like, OK, man, like Hall of Fame dudes are going in now. They graduated after me. So now I'm like, OK, I really feel old, you know. And so uh, also Isaac Bruce, man, with the cool
1: Modi mm-hmm. reference.
0: How you like me now, man? I love it, man. It was
1: great. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Uh, But question here. Do you think John Lynch deserved to get in? Yes. You do? Yes, I do. Why? He was a
0: phenomenal player. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but as far as what he used to do, I I feel like he deserves to get in.
1: I'm looking at his stats. He had 26 career interceptions, never had more than three in a season. Uh, He topped 100 tackles twice but never had more than 87 outside of that. I just, is there a mystique about John Lynch because he was a hard hitter and because he played on successful teams? Yep.
0: (laughs) That's why I was like, you see, I, I didn't even notice that. We didn't even talk about this. That was at the top of my head. If you say him, I just remember him laying the wood and it's like, yeah. Like, that's the first thing. Now, if you want to argue with stats, I'll listen to it. But, yeah, my first initial reaction would be, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Um, do you think Steve Atwater covered enough ground to make it as a safety? Yes. Okay. Um, all yeah. I had to see to be convinced of Steve Atwater was him standing up Christian Okoye.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He <laughs> has one of the most memorable players. That-, that was on Monday Night Football too, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. And it was Okoye was weighing in at like uh, 260, 265. One yeah. of the biggest running backs ever. And yeah. Steve Atwater just stopped him dead in his tracks, sent right. the guy uh, falling sideways while Atwater stood over him. Right. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
0: One of the most memorable plays on Monday Night Football, man. You got to put me. in. But, you know, Steve Atwater is not a little guy himself, though. No, so he's that, not. You know, I mean, obviously, he ain't bringing the weight that
1: uh, that uh, Christian Koye
0: did. I mean, but he he's not a little
1: guy. No, uh, he played at 6'3", about 220. Right. right. So, you know he was giving up 40 pounds on that collision, which is a lot, but yeah, there's a reason people were afraid to go over the middle against the Broncos and why he played in the box the way he did, because exactly. like that guy, he could, he could lay it out. Hmm. Okay. Now let's talk Josh Allen.
0: I'm just happy the deal got done. Um, Brandon Bean once again—he's a magician, man. If in case you haven't heard, I can't imagine the whole world unless you've been on Mars or you was one of the billionaires who launched off in space last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Josh Allen, six years, two hundred fifty-eight million dollar—I don't want to say contract; it's an extension, and that's—I think that's the uh, important word here. Six years, two hundred fifty-eight. Million dollar contract extension to go along with the last two years of the contract that he's currently on. One hundred fifty million dollar total guarantees, one hundred million dollar at signing, which is five million more than what Mahomes got. Yes, All right. Um, once again, I think the biggest thing that stands out about the contract, like I said, I don't look at it as a six year deal starting in two years. I look at it as an eight million dollar deal for two hundred sixty four million dollars. Okay, and if you look at it like that, that's only 33 million dollars per year. all right? Yeah, that's the way I'm conceptualizing it. So I'm putting on the next two years, 21 and 22, and then his new extension will kick in after that.
1: Oh, so he has a cap hit of 10 million in 2021, 16 yeah. million in 2022, which is what it was going to be, regardless exactly. Exactly and then in twenty-three it goes up to forty million. Yes. And then in twenty-five, it goes up to fifty million mm-hmm. with thirty-six million dead cap if he's cut, but then they have an out after that season. After that
0: season. So if it don't work out, we could get out of it. We could cut mm-hmm. our ties. So it's and that's the that's the up to word here when you talk about the next two years, because Brandon Bean shaped the contract. To only have a 10 million and sixteen million dollar hit because right now is our window. And we talked about this when you extend people, and we talked about this with uh Russell uh Wilson in Seattle. Once you give a quarterback that kind of money, you better have your team set because you're not going to be able to go out and fix your uh your team via free agency because most right. of the money is gonna be tied up in him, and but that's two, we're talking about two years from now, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also genius because why, Jamie? Two years from now, the salary cap is going to boom because of the fan duel money, okay, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, it's going to go up. So, for us to get this deal done, obviously, the way I look at it is, we talked about this the whole time, if he winds up not being good, let's just say for some reason the last two seasons is a mirage, and let's say he don't play well, then – it doesn't matter. It is going to be a bad contract anyway. But we just got to assume that he's going to keep rising, the trajectory still going to keep going up. And if it does then it's going to fit right in line with what he should be getting. He's one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL. It
1: it would be. Yes. Here's the thing. I think they should have waited. I My
0: think head. they should
1: have waited until after the season. Okay. Because you said the past two years, really, it's only been the past one year. In year number two of his career, he threw for under 60% and had bad turnovers. Yes, he was absolutely lights out and fantastic in 2020. I need to see him do it again. I would need to see him do it again. Now, if he plays similarly... And maybe even improves. I'm willing to pay him more money after the season, which undoubtedly they would, because you've got other contracts coming up. You, you've got Lamar Jackson. You've got your boy in Cleveland. There, um, you know, these are these these are guys that are going to make a lot of money. Josh right. Allen was always going to make more than them, but how much more would it take after the season than before? How how much would it, would that one hundred fifty million guaranteed become one hundred seventy million guaranteed would that would that signing bonus go from a hundred million to one hundred fifteen million at that point, what difference does it make
0: because and I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm not going to act like I'm arguing with you, but it's risk versus reward at this point if yes. He had, yes if he, you want to see it again and I, and I understand that, but let's say he wins MVP it's going to cost you a lot more. It that, will. And also, are you going to take the chance and piss it off your franchise quarterback like you don't believe in him? See, it's risk versus reward. And I understand if I listen say, hey, hey, new, we want to see it again. I get it, but we're going to have to pay for it. And you're saying, well, that uh, instead of 150 million, 170 million. Yeah, that could be true. But what if he says he don't want to sign a six year extension? He just want to do four because I want to become a free agent sooner and I'm going to hit you over the head again or I'm going to hit free agency because now I'm pissed off. Now we have Aaron Rodgers. See, you got to handle this with, with with almost like childlike gloves when you're dealing with this.
1: And that's a good point. It's a very good point that you want to keep your star players happy. But at the same time, it's also about setting expectations. If they had all along said, hey, you know what? We're going to resign you and we're going to do it after the 2021 season, if they had said that all along, then there's nothing he's going to get mad about. Hey, we're going to take care of you, buddy. Just show us, show us what you're made of, and and we'll we will we will pay you for that. We will reward you for that. Really, he's getting rewarded 150 million dollars for one good season. We've seen other quarterbacks have a good season and then fall off the map. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Derek Anderson, uh, Fitz, you know, we've, we've seen him before. And I don't think that this is fool's gold because there were definite, like take Fitz, for example, there were definite holes in his game. You know, he had bad mechanics. He wasn't that accurate. Um, He also was (laughs) uh, all too comfortable throwing into traffic. Josh Allen made throws this past year that these other guys were never capable of making, but at the same time things happen. You know, is he going to change after he gets his money? Is there going to be an injury concern? Is he going to revert back to his old ways? I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling conservative in this manner. Now I I, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's going to stick around. I it's not my money. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But if I'm Terry Pagula, in the Bills' front office and Kim Pagula. I think I want to see at least a season and a half played well.
0: No, I totally understand. I would not argue your point if they chose to go that route. I understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, you mentioned injury. Look at Dak Prescott. He still got his $40 million even though he got hurt. If yeah. he, Let's say if Josh Allen – and knock on wood, I'm knocking on my son's desk. Knock on wood, that he don't get a season long injury and then we stink it up, then next summer he still would have got paid because we're showing that we can't win without him. Right. You know right. now and now if he was to get hurt and then Mr. Trubisky comes in and, and, and we still go to the same, you know, still go far, then that would have been something different. Sure. I also look at Tom Brady. All right. When I look at quarterbacks, it 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 scares me giving a player this much of the salary cap. And we've always talked about this. Right. Um, and it's since, since Tom Brady, who's probably the greatest all time, never made that much money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he always took discounts for them to win. But we always said, once you pay the quarterback, now beans that it ain't just Josh Allen living up to the contract. Now beans job gets harder. Now oh, you yeah. got to hit on drive picks you got to hit on them because we got to have cheap labor to
1: offset that massive contract you just gave them. That's a great point. And going around the Twitterverse, looking at fans of teams in the AFC East, they're saying, oh, well, now the Bills are screwed because look at all that money they're going to be paying out. They're screwed now. They're going to suck. Oh yeah, it's terrible when you have a franchise quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what are yeah, you supposed to do? Have, like go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater or Fitz just because it's not gonna cost you much? You can't yeah, win with we, those guys. Yeah, we've been on that side of the fence, buddy. I don't want to be nowhere over there. So
0: I'm good. I want the I want I want rich people problems. Right. <laughs> I don't want poor people. I, I've seen poor people problems. I want rich people problems. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, rich people problems, I that is exactly a problem I want to have. That yeah, is exactly that what I want.
0: But don't get me wrong. I understand your trepidation. I know half the fan base probably feels that way, and that, that by no means is the bad Josh Allen. We're on Josh Allen's side. We support him. He's our quarterback. But as Bills fans, once again, we can't say it enough. We always are going to be pessimistic, man. I mean <laughs> –
1: I like the guy I went into last season, not sold on him. And by the end of the year, I, I, I came around and I really like Josh Allen. Um, I, I liked him as a person before I liked DJ manual before that, you know, they right. seem like good dudes, their teammates like them, you know, there's nothing to dislike on, on that side. I just wasn't sold on him having the ability to take the step forward that he did and, you know, proved me wrong. And right. You know, thank God for that because the Bills had a great season. And, you know, what else good was going on in 2020? <laughs> you know?
0: mm-hmm. I would be, and I said this last year, though, I would be more worried if Brian Dable didn't come back. Yeah. I would be scared out my wits if he went. Now we have everybody back Stefan Diggs back, our receivers, and we got Brian Dable calling the plays, and our offensive line should be better. So, Another year, I, I don't see any reason. Our schedule also, I mean, I don't see a reason why he would take a step back except, and we talked about this before, is he can he not perform in front
1: of a big crowd?
0: That's the only thing I might That's worry about.
1: a question. That, that is right. an absolute question. And, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. But I'm, I'm going to throw something a bit unorthodox at you. We know that the Goldilocks zone for teams is when they have a great quarterback who is on their rookie deal. Yep. Would it be something you would do if you have a can't-miss prospect coming out like Trevor Lawrence to trade Josh Allen to the Jags for Trevor Lawrence before this deal gets done and try to do that as opposed to signing your quarterback to big extensions? No. Let me tell you why. You hit the nail on the head with your
0: first sentence. He still is on his rookie contract. That's why it's important to realize this extension doesn't kick in for two years. I mean, we gave him the up up front signing bonus, which is fine. But like you just said, it ain't your money. It ain't my money. He still is on his rookie deal. That's the most important thing. This is our window right now. I hope that Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl this year or next year. And then if he does that, I could care less. I promise you. If we win a Super Bowl, I could care less what we do after that.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't care about oh I, oh I, what we do five years from now. No, I'm I'm like LeBron in that situation. LeBron made it because I'm a Wizards fan, so I'm gonna tie this in. LeBron, I knew last week before the draft. I don't know if you heard, but Russell, uh, West, Westbrook, the Wizards sent them to L.A. Yeah. for. Multiple players and a first-round pick. And mm-hmm. then so the Lakers was like, no, we don't want to give you the first-round pick. And I was like, and that morning, it was rumblings. um, It was rumblings that the deal was going to happen, but they held up on the pick. I told everybody, I think I even retweeted, I know this deal is going to get done before the draft at 7 o'clock. And sure enough, about 5 o'clock, the deal got done. Because I mm-hmm. knew Rich Paul, LeBron James' agent, and LeBron was going to be like, I don't give a damn about that number one pick. I, we're <laughs> trying to win now. So whatever the Wizards want, you give it to them. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. LeBron's like 37, 38 years old. It's about now. I could care less about your future. I'm not going to be a part of your future, but if you want me to be here now, you better bring me a third star here, and that's what they did.
1: Okay, so let, let me rephrase my question then. If there is a Trevor Lawrence type coming out in the next two years... Do you trade Josh Allen for him after, say, the 2022 season before the the big cap hit kicks in? Do we win a Super Bowl in the next two years? Not necessarily. Then no.
0: I would consider it. If we, if it it all, it all depends what the next two years look like. If we, if we, we went to the AFC Championship this year. If we Mm -hmm. make it back to the AFC. Championship again two more times, I'm cool. But if we make it to the first round of the playoffs the next two years, I think about it. Okay. Because I know if we if we regress the next two years, it's not gonna get better once that contract that extension kicks in. So I True. would want to go younger at a can't, and especially if it's like a can't miss prospect. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I know you don't really keep up with college football, but the number one pick in the draft for next season is supposed to be Spencer Rattler from from, uh, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. He's like a um, uh, Kyler Murray-type kid. He kind of runs around, kind of smaller, got a pretty strong arm. Um, But, yeah, I don't look at him as a can't-miss guy. You see what I'm saying? And I don't know about the year after, but – Yeah, if it was a Trevor Lawrence, a can't miss prospect, um, and we take a a a step back, then yeah, I don't want to be under that contract. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. These next two years, we just gonna have to watch it with a magnifying glass to see how it plays out.
1: And you do make a great point. He still is under his rookie contract,
0: right? That's the most, with the exception of the bonus, except for the bonus. But that doesn't count towards your. That don't count towards your cap.
1: Uh, so no, that's that's spread out.
0: Yeah, it's going to be spread out. That's what I'm saying. And if you go to uh, Spot Track, they did an interesting breakdown of his contract. It's very you know informative. It's about ten minutes, and it shows how it breaks down. And once again, I'm not. I'm far from a capologist, but that's the telling thing. That's the nugget that you take from it. Mm-hmm. Our window is now. We got to do it now.
1: So. The next two years is going to be telling. Very much so, and the next two years basically gets started Friday seven o'clock. We get to see the Bills live, so I'm looking forward to seeing a, a few things specifically. What do okay. you th- what are you feeling about that offensive line?
0: Well, from what I'm hearing, that's the thing I'm really going to pay attention to most. Um, the battle between Feliciano and Ike Buttinger, which I'm very surprised. I mean, you know, man, I've talked ad nauseum last year about Feliciano. I loved him last year. And uh, from what I'm hearing in the camp, it's, it's going
1: either way. I'm not hearing good things about Bobby Hart. I'm hearing nope. Uh, Bobby Hart has been an absolute turnstile. And <laughs> a lot of what I'm reading, they're saying if Bobby Hart has to start, don't put Josh Allen in there at all. I agree. I
0: agree. <laughs> I, and I heard uh, this morning on WGR on the Howard and Jeremy show that uh, Ryan Bates might get an audition, um, backup center behind Mitch Morris. He sure. might get an audition at the tackle position. But if you look at his size, I mean, he's pretty. I mean, he's built like a tackle. So I don't think that would be a stretch for him to do. Uh, but yeah, my number one priority is the keep keep uh Josh Allen upright. If it was up to me, he wouldn't even play um any of the preseason. And I'm gonna be eager to see because if you look if you watched the Hall of Fame game last weekend, last Thursday, a lot of the starters for the Steelers and the Cowboys didn't play. Mm. And I mean Dak Prescott didn't even make the trip. Oh, wow. So I, I mean if it was up to me, he wouldn't even dress out. And I definitely don't want to see him more than a series or two. Right. From when I'm hearing the Detroit Lions starters plan on playing about a quarter, mm-hmm. I don't want to see Josh Allen for a quarter. Give me all of Mr. Trubisky. Give me all of uh, <laughs> uh, Jake Fromm and Davis Webb. I don't I don't want to see my newly minted uh, franchise quarterback uh, out there taking a hit for a game that means nothing.
1: Well, yeah, now they've got 150 million reasons to make sure that he uh, doesn't get hurt. Right. Um. Are, are there any players in particular that you're looking forward to seeing what kind of performance they can have?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I am I want to see old F.A., man. the yeah. bottom, man. I'm hearing good things, man. We talked about it last week. It don't mean nothing to me what you're doing till you put the pads on. And from what I'm hearing, once the pads been on, I mean, he's still a person who everybody thinks is going to make the team at this point. And, it's gonna be a number crunch game, and we know that that's gonna be the situation. We're gonna wind up cutting some guys that are good players. We might cut people who might go on and start at other places. Yeah, but that's that's rich people problems. Once again, we we need to get T-shirts. How about we we need to get T-shirts that say "Rich People Problems."
1: Let's do it. I, I mean, we already that. had shirts that said "Play the Damn Song." Uh, <laughs> your famous quote at uh, famous at bar
0: quote. yeah yeah it just Let's for those that.
1: of you who have never watched a, a game with big newt um at any given point if something positive happened like oh i don't know the bills get a first down you hear him screaming play the damn song play the damn <laughs> song <laughs> which is in reference to the shout song
0: the shout song man <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I I want to see old Fa. I want to see if he if he uh is solidifying himself in there. Um, I'm hearing that Zach Moss is looking good once the pass went on too, man.
1: He's a guy who is definitely going to excel when things become physical because he's a very physical player that that really is. He invites contact, and that's those are the kind of players that that do well with things like that. I'm looking forward to seeing Dane Jackson because as the reports come in, he may not be good enough to back up the top two corners on the roster. We may be looking at the Buffalo bills trading from a a position of strength, which is their defensive line in order to get somebody in to play depth at CB2 because, my God, if Trey White gets injured and Levi Wallace is your number one corner, it's it sounds like they just have a vacuum behind them. I
0: agree. And, and if we could pull off a trade and get somebody in like that, that would be great, man. I,
1: I I agree with you. So I guess basically what you want to see is every single member of the defensive line ball out so well that other teams are itching to get their hands on them and will give up something good for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because why not Vernon Butler? We're, hey. Because of the way the number crunches, and we talked about who we think going to make the team. We talked about that uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Why not trade a Vernon Butler for a number two corner or a number three guy that yeah. can come in and compete for that spot?
1: I, I think it would be well worth it, honestly. I think so, too. I I, I think, in fact, I think you have to do it. And I'm sure the Bills pro personnel people are going to be scouting the preseason very, very closely, trying to figure out how they can improve the roster. Also, it looks like the Bills are thin at tackle right now. You know, you've got a couple of rookies who are competing, but we knew that they were raw coming in. And Bobby Hart sounds like he's been a disaster, right? Hmm.
0: That's what we're hearing. Like I said, I mean, we got to move. And, and and we have flexibility there, like I said. Maybe Ryan base can move to one of those tackle spots and 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 be serviceable. But you hit the nail on the head five minutes ago. If you if you don't have Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams in there, I don't want Josh Allen in there. Nope. So,
1: nope. And if you're missing either one of them, I'm not happy about it. So yeah let let's let's keep Josh Allen upright. Yeah. Um. Another player I'm looking forward to seeing, I really want to see Harrison Phillips. He isn't making waves at, at the moment, but you know what? He's my pick for like the Bills' comeback player of the year. I, I really want to see it. I, I keep thinking that he's going to be the guy that exceeds everyone's expectations, but it's not sounding like that so far. So what's he going to do? I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, he's the guy, because right now, from what I'm hearing, it's like Zimmers would make the team, and Harrison Phillips is probably the odd man out. So I feel like he has work to do. And and once again, because of the versatility of the boogie bastards, uh, FAs, I mean, we might only keep three deep tackles.
1: Yeah, so, and the problem with that is there's only one true, uh, beyond Harrison Phillips, there's only one true – one technique defensive tackle, and that's Star Lutalela. And you Sorry. need to have more than one one technique. You can't keep playing three techniques at the one because they're it's a different skill set altogether. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be the immovable object at the one technique, whereas the three technique is you got to get into the backfield. Yeah, mm.
0: we would we would definitely have to change up our scheme. But Leslie Frazier is a genius at that. I don't really worry about it. I trust what they decide to do. To tell you the truth, when it comes to that, we'll just have to switch up what we do. Um and but we can go NASCAR, man. We got it, we got rushers on first down. I mean right. yeah, <laughs> we just gonna be giving up the weight. But shoot I heard that Stala tulale dropped about twenty pounds though during the pandemic. So
1: it's probably good though.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you know. I just think we'll just switch up our uh, game plan and what we want to do in our scheme, so I don't too much worry about that. But you're right; we do need more than one one technique because it is different than the other side with Ed Oliver. So Ed Oliver is somebody I'm looking forward to seeing. Man, he going to have to step up, man. Yeah, he going to have to step up. He was a first round pick, man.
1: He it's have to uh, step up. it's time for him to live up to the hype. Now the comparisons to Aaron Donald were never fair because he was never that kind of player. But, you know, he's he's been a good player. I want to see him be a great player. Right.
0: And, that, and, and that's what we're talking about. We got to have these draft picks play at what they were drafted in. Is that fair? No. But, yeah, I mean, you got to hit. Not only you got to hit on some of these fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks, but your first round picks got to play like first round picks. And it can't be. Oh, we got Edmonds and we got uh Trey White, but then you get Ed Oliver and AJ Espinosa who don't live up to their draft pick status. So mm-hmm. it can't be fifty percent. It got to be eighty, ninety percent.
1: It really you know? does. And that was one of the things that the Bill Polian regime and John Butler regimes did when they were general managers of the Buffalo Bills in the in the eighties and the first half of the nineties. They were constantly drafting at the end of the first round, you know, picks 27 through 30. And they mm-hmm. were hitting on him. They were taking guys like Henry Jones, who would turn into a Pro Bowler his first year starting. Like, mm-hmm. that was the kind of thing that they just had unbelievable scouting. Now, I feel like the Bills have pretty good scouting right now, but, you know, the last two... The last two draft classes have been okay, but not great. But, you know, that's it's, it's too early to judge that. But I, I do want to see more impact. And now, now that they've got this big contract hanging over their heads, they don't have a choice in the matter. It's either you hit on your draft picks or you don't keep your job. That's, that's where Brandon Bean has put himself at this point. Yeah. Yep. But isn't that what you want?
0: That's what you want, man. Rich people, problems.
1: <laughs> Rich people problems. So, what else is on your mind?
0: Well, um, a lot of stuff has been going on. Um, I don't know if you saw ESPN, the uh, Football Power Index, have us the third best chance of making the Super Bowl. So, although I want to give the same energy I did with Madden and EA Sports for not giving us our just do but other people are, all right? Pro Football Focus had us ranked, I think, the third or fourth best team in the NFL. Kyle, Kyle Heard has been gushing over all over us the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, too. So it's good to hear those things. So I'm, I'm going to bring that same energy and then that same notoriety to the people who are have faith in us, um, just like I did with the people down in us with uh, with the uh, EA Mad. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, well, kind of I, like I think how, that's well played, buddy.
0: It's kind of like how USA team everybody didn't think that they win gold. Uh, USA basketball, and so Kevin Durant, Draymond Green did a good job of letting everybody know and tweeting out all the people that doubted them. So I want to give <laughs> the same energy, I man. I'm all about giving the same energy. And
1: it's so- uh, it's almost like uh, listening to uh, Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame induction speech, huh? <laughs> no, that's horrible.
0: That's horrible. Did we? We talked about that before, man. That's that's terrible. Don't bring up the dude that made the varsity over you in eighth grade, man. Come on, and then you guy, why do you even show up, man? I'm like, man, Mike, go to and I like Michael Jordan and everything, but I'll be like, man, no way I'm showing up to that, man. Forget you. I'm talking trash. I'm like, yeah, I made it over you. That's fine, you better than me in life, but I made it over you. But you can't change all the money in the world, can't change the fact that I made varsity and you didn't.
1: Right. And <laughs> can you imagine being that small of a person that you've gone on to be considered the greatest ever? And you're still mad at him. You're mad at Dean Smith. You're I mean, yeah. come petty. on, man. You're petty. <laughs> you're petty.
0: That's just like, is that Taylor Swift? I mean, she's still writing songs about the boys that broke up with her. And I'm like, dude, you're the biggest artist in the world, and you talking about this junior high crush this dude that broke your heart. I'm like, come (laughs) on, man. But I expect that from Taylor Swift. But Michael Jordan, come on, dude. You (laughs) blew this guy in to tell the story. This is the dude that motivated me and all that. And I'm just like, I wouldn't have showed up for that crap. No you know no but that's me though that I just call that petty but uh on to other news we want to uh welcome Nate Geary to Buffalo yes. Rumblings. and I and, and when I found out that we got this guy if y'all don't know he's the host of overtime show the post game um at the Bills game I listen to him all the time I love that guy I'm on WGR he-
1: 550 yep. in Buffalo
0: and I'm glad that we got him on the team man so welcome Nate Hopefully, maybe we can get him on the show sometime, man. That would be awesome.
1: That would be fantastic. And he's teaming up with Bruce Nolan, uh, our uh, our host of The Bruce Exclusive, who I, I say this all the time. If you don't listen to that guy's show, you're going to be uninformed because he is encyclopedic in his knowledge of football and the X's and O's. I have learned so much from listening to him. It's it's really Phenomenal to to listen to that show. But, you know, Jay Spence, uh, another guy who's got shows here on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, family of shows. It was fantastic. And did you know, Big Newt, that we are, in fact, doing a lot of video broadcasts now? We're actually going to have almost a show a day being broadcast via video. Mm hmm. We need to do it, man. We got the content, man. We got the content creators. There is there's probably more content per capita of Bills fans than any other team out there, and I'm proud to say it. <laughs> <laughs> bill's mafia, man. We we need our bills. We need our Bills news and info. That's all there is to it.
0: Yes, sir. All right.
1: So are you ready to give us a song?
0: Before I do, man, I want to say. Rest easy, Coach Bowden. We lost one of the greats this weekend, Bobby Bowden, uh survived by his wife Ann and his six children. Um, uh, I have ties to Florida State. That's where I met my wife. Check the Twitter. I got a picture of me and Bobby. He was a great guy, Christian guy. Never heard a man cuss, yell. He'll just say Dag nabbit and that kid cuz he could remember everybody's names towards the uh the later years he would be like oh that that kid number 23 oh he's awesome and that stuff so <laughs> i got a lot of great stories for Bobby man and and uh our deepest condolences to the family and and uh, and man so uh,
1: he seemed like he was one of the most charismatic humans to ever walk the earth
0: he would talk to anybody he was great man and 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 i did i i said it to her man once again i met my wife down there and i had a couple of conversations with her like we're close but i did talk to him a few times and he he was just like a grandfather that gave you the sage advice and he taught he treated the janitors in the Moore center that's our ath, a, athletic facility down there uh he treated the janitors just like he would treat the million dollar donors you no know kidding and yeah and i've seen it with my own eyes man and he, he was great, man, and it's just a blessing to have him on the earth for 91, uh, 91 years, man, him and his great family. So. Well, rest in
1: peace, Bobby Bowden.
0: Rest easy, Coach Bobby Bowden. So, once again, this is game week. Check it out, Buffalo Bills versus Detroit, 7 o'clock East Coast time on Friday night. We'll be back with you next week. hey, hey. hey.